In our last episode, I tried to address a particular critique of Christianity. In this week's episode, I want to continue that conversation. Stay tuned. Hello friends, Pastor Tim Westermeyer here, Senior Pastor of St. Philip the Deacon in the western suburbs of Minneapolis. Good to be with you as always. Um, in this episode, we're going to pick up uh, where we left last time and just to sort of bring you up to speed again, uh, the impetus uh, for last the last episode was me reflecting on a conversation I had had with a gentleman from the church who was bringing up a number of uh, thoughts and reflections about his own faith life, including some encounters he had had with people. Um, so that included a conversation about the book of Revelation, and I did an episode about that. You can find that link up here. And then it also included a critique from a different set of people who, I, I think I'm fairly summarizing this critique, which was, oh, well, you Christians, do you think you're right, which means everyone else is wrong, and that's not fair, right? And so we're going to just uh, forget about this whole Christian thing for that reason. In the last episode, I attempted, I'm not sure I did it very effectively, but I attempted to respond to that critique in what I would call sort of a logical way. I got a couple of responses on YouTube to that, including one from Niall, um, who lives in South Africa, who said, gosh, Pastor Tim, my poor brain is doing somersaults reflecting on your message. So, Niall, I'm sorry about the somersaults. Um, and I, I, I responded to that comment and I conceded, I'm not sure I maybe hit the bullseye with that episode as accurately as I might have, which is fine. Um, I hope it was sort of helpful. Um, anyway, in today's episode, I want to continue to talk about that critique, not from a logical perspective. Um, and again, you can find that response in the last episode if you're so inclined. And if you'd like to tell me how I missed the mark, that's great. Um, but I want to respond to it in a more of a historic uh, approach, okay? And again, one of, one of the things I said to this gentleman as I was having coffee with him is, the presumption again of the critique was, you Christians think you're raw, right, excuse me, you think Christians think you're right, and therefore everyone else is totally and completely wrong. So my, my sort of initial response to him was to soften that assumption slightly, and, and I'm going to do that again here. And what I would say is that, yes, we Christians believe that God has most fully revealed God's self to humanity through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That's the most complete revelation. And we do believe, as I mentioned in the last episode, that that is true, that Jesus lived, he died, and he was raised from the dead. Uh, but that doesn't mean automatically that there are no points of connection with other faiths. And whereas the critique seems to suggest, oh, well, you Christians are over here all by yourself, I would actually come at it the other way and say, um, we are religious like 99% of everyone who has ever lived in the entire world, and therefore there are points of contact for Christians with people of other faith. Now, please hear this very clearly, and this is what I hope we'll pick up in the next episode. That does not mean that we are the same 
that the Christians are the same as every other religion, or for that matter, that every other religion is the same as every other religion. That's not my point. Again, my point is a more modest one, which is that we are connected to people of goodwill and good faith uh, because all of us share a faith. I hope that makes sense. And so this brings us now to these four historic moments, okay? And I'm gonna do these chronologically. I'll try to move through them very quickly, simply to reinforce this point of connectivity or connection uh, that Christians have and we are comfortable with, with people of other faith. First is um, a biblical connection, going back to Paul, and this is in Acts chapter 17, very famous uh, moment when he goes to the Areopagus, the marketplace uh, in Athens. And he says to the people of Athens, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. Um, uh, For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. And then he simply says, what therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. And he sort of explains, I believe you could think about Jesus um, as this unknown God that you've just lifted up. And then, by the way, Paul, later in that same passage, goes on to quote, not the Old Testament, remember he himself was a Jew, but rather Greek philosophers and poets. And you can look this up in your own Bible, Acts chapter 17, um, verses 28, uh, and I guess it is verse 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. That's a quote from one Greek poet. Um, And as some of your own poets have said, he writes, for we too are his offspring. Another Greek poet, okay? So in that biblical um, reference, Paul himself is making a, a connection with people who are neither Jewish nor Christian and saying, we share something in common here, okay? So that's the first point. Second is uh, Thomas Aquinas. Uh, if you live in the Twin Cities here, you may be familiar with the University of St. Thomas. That's named after Aquinas. Uh, he lived in the 13th century, so 1275 to, or 1225 to 1274. And the simple point I'll make about Aquinas, who I do think was one of the towering intellects of the last millennium, certainly, and maybe the last two millennia, um, One of the things that informed his whole theology was looking around at the world and saying, where else can I find truth? And how can I incorporate that to help us as Christians better understand who we are and who God is? And one of the sources he went to, as much as anyone, was the Greek philosopher Aristotle. So Aquinas was basically saying, this guy who lived before Jesus has something to teach us. And we don't need to be afraid of that. We can incorporate that into our understanding of the world, again, as Christians, with the fullest uh, revelation of who God is, without fear or without worry, because he also uh, points to the same kind of truth, okay? Bear with me, that's the second point. Third point, C.S. Lewis. Um, And I've mentioned this before, I'll mention it again. This is in 1944, I believe this was published. This is The Abolition of Man. Um, I'm not gonna go in detail about the point of this book except to point you to the uh, appendix, which he calls Illustrations of the Tao, T-A-O. And again, I think I've mentioned this before a long time ago. And I'll just lift up um, 
the sources he's going to. And no one would claim that C.S. Lewis wasn't Christian, obviously. He was one of the most important Christian apologists of the 20th century. And yet, in this one of his own books, he lifts up examples of connection throughout the world, throughout history, throughout religious people of all time and all place by referencing um, uh, Egyptian writers and uh, Old Norse uh, religions, um, Hindu writers, Babylonian writers, ancient Jewish writers, um, let's see, John Locke, um, Let's, where else I'm trying to think of, a Roman uh, author, Cicero, uh, ancient Chinese, maybe I said that already, on and on and on and on. He also has um, Aboriginal from <clears throat> Australia and Native American. Again, the, the point I'm making is that Lewis, among most Christians over the last 2,000 years, would say, yes, there is truth in the world that is outside of the Christian faith, and we should be comfortable uh, making connections with that truth. Okay, which brings me to the final point. Again, I'm, I'm a pastor of a Lutheran church, uh, proudly so. It's been the, the church of my entire life. But a, a really important document was put out by the Roman Catholic Church in 1965 as part of Vatican II. Um, uh, the title is Nostra Aetate, which simply is the first words of the document. It means in our time. And this is a document specifically about Christianity and other religions. And I think people on the Protestant side of the fence sometimes assume, well, well the Catholics are the most exclusive. <clears throat> um, and I, I think it's a very helpful um, teaching for all of us as Christians to reflect on. And I'm going to lift up three simple points that this document makes. First, uh, it clearly states that religious discrimination and harassment is wrong. Here's a quote from this document. The church reproves as foreign to the mind of Christ any discrimination against people or harassment of them because of their race, color, condition of life, or religion. So we're not allowed to discriminate. Second one, this is kind of the most important one in my, my mind. The church declares that there is truth and holiness in other religions. Here's a quote from the document itself. The Catholic Church rejects nothing that is true and holy in these religions. She regards with sincere reverence those ways of conduct and of life, those precepts and teachings, teachings which though differing in many aspects from the ones she holds, the ones she holds and sets forth, nonetheless, listen to this, often reflect a ray of that truth, capital T, which enlightens all people. They're referencing there Jesus, who in John 8, 8, 12, references himself as the light of the world. And another way of saying this is if we as Christians believe that Jesus is the light of the world, why would we not assume that that light has been spread to people of all times in all places in all religions in some maybe even small way? And then finally, the third point, just to complete the thought, um, that same document encourages us to maintain good fellowship among the nations as Christians. Again, not to um, treat other people disrespectfully because of their religion, basically. I am assuming that this went a little longer than I expected. <clears throat> uh, again, my, my hope here is to lift up four historical moments for individuals or writings or teachings that underscore the point that as Christians we don't have to start from a place of difference with other people but rather can start with a place of connection with other people 
Now, again, that doesn't mean that Christianity is the same, and I'm going to pick that topic up, I hope, in the next episode. Uh, until then, if you have thoughts or reactions or responses to any of this, as always, would you include them in the comments below or reach out to me? I'd love to hear from you and continue the conversation. Until next time then, be well, stay in touch, and God bless. Mm -hmm.